Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now joining me on today's show is Karen Hollenbach. Uh, she has over 10 years of LinkedIn training experience in Australia. Now, she has taught many individuals as well as organisations on how to embrace LinkedIn as a tool for their career as well as their business. Now, Karen is rated as Asia Pacific's top 10 LinkedIn experts in 2019, and her community values her warm, her friendly, and down-to-earth approach. You get to experience that in a moment. Now, she offers a unique perspective on how to get the value from LinkedIn based on building relationships and adding genuine value to the communities that she serves. And on today's show, she's going to share how to network on LinkedIn and how to maximize LinkedIn with daily rituals. She'll be sharing what those are too. As always, we have got the ability to bring your comments in. Let's welcome Karen to the show. And if you want to ask a question or share a comment, please go ahead and do that. So welcome, Karen. Thank you, Anne-Marie, and thank you for such a warm welcome. I really appreciate it. And how exciting to be live on LinkedIn. My happy place. We're going to share your profile uh, a little bit later on too. But firstly, just give everybody, if you would, a a snapshot overview of how did you get on LinkedIn? What was the journey for you? And then obviously the rest is history. But what was it initially that got you onto LinkedIn? Well, that's an interesting question because as a corporate escapee, I was actually given an executive outplacement. And as part of that, I was invited to... um, Uh, go to a session a particular session and on that session the guy said look you know if you're thinking about your next career move we really recommend you look at LinkedIn it's not that big in Australia at the moment but it will become bigger and it's our advice to get on it so I did and lo and behold um, as I made my career transition and considered my options I thought you know what as I established my own business this is a great opportunity to stay connected with like-minded individuals and to expand my network so that's how I kind of got into Um, really using LinkedIn and originally I was a resume writer and a LinkedIn profile writer and as my business grew and my uh, my customer base grew a lot of my clients were seeing what I was doing on LinkedIn and said look what's can you do that for us can you do that Mm -hmm. sort of LinkedIn marketing approach for us and of course as you would know as uh, LinkedIn has grown into more of a content marketing platform um, Think Bespoke uh, my business has become uh, really one of the educators, one of the leading educators of how to help people navigate LinkedIn for business. So, you know, it wasn't wasn't part of the plan always to run my own business and yet um, the way life tends to play out, I had young children at the time that I first sort of ventured out of corporate life. I also had a mother that was diagnosed with dementia at the time um, and she's no longer with us but certainly as my business grew, I need to look at how I participated in all areas of of my life. And so being a LinkedIn trainer and having that specialty has enabled me to sort of actively engage in all areas mm-hmm. of my life, as well as leverage and maintain and build meaningful connections, which is what we're going to talk about today, this idea of networking on LinkedIn. And especially mm-hmm. in a, I don't even want to call it a post-COVID world, because I think this is, you know, we're still very much, you know, vaccinations haven't been rolled out in Australia. Um, it's looking at going beyond October. So I think in the in the COVID world or this sort of mm. um, world that we're living in at the moment, staying meaningfully connected online 
is is a really really uh, critical part of how we're engaging as professionals, whether that be as business owners mm-hmm. or as career professionals. So, yes, that's a that's a little yeah, bit of my nice. story. I didn't realise that you were also in the career industry. Um, that's what I started too back in the day where LinkedIn really, we told everyone, you need to be on LinkedIn because it re- really was very much not a job platform, but you needed to have your profile there. But I must say that over the last 12 months, I've been myself very mindful um, and intentional about leveraging LinkedIn, building connections. And I have to say, I, I would not look back. So I'm so glad that you're here today to share that. But for those people who may, not yet have recognized the true benefit and value of LinkedIn would you just compare if you would LinkedIn platform and the community that you can build and the differences perhaps to some other platforms because often what businesses do is as a great another platform I can just take what I'm doing across all the other platforms and just kind of throw it on LinkedIn as well what are some of the do's and don'ts with regards that's a, to that? that's a really good question and I, so it's sort of two parts like how is it different yeah. And then what are some of the do's and don'ts? So really from the point of view of, you know, what the benefits are for LinkedIn for business, I know it's called social media and I know it's placed into that category. However, if you've worked with me, you'll know if you've heard me talk about LinkedIn, if you're tuning in today, I'd really like to share with you all that it's not social media. So as Marie said, it did start off as a job search site and it still very much plays that role. However, it's so much more than that. So if you're a B2B, so business to business focused leader, a head of department, or you run and lead your own business in that space, if you're in professional services, so uh, the legal industry, financial industry, um, certainly software, IT, uh, LinkedIn is really the place for you. So there was a HubSpot stat um, a couple of years ago now that said that uh, LinkedIn had 200, so two and a half times the conversion rate or 277% higher conversion rate, I should say, than platforms like Facebook and wow. Twitter at the time. It didn't really talk about Instagram because Instagram is much more of a B2C, a consumer space. So I think this idea of thought leadership, this idea of really assessing a not just an organisation but also the leaders and the individuals within the organisation is the role LinkedIn can play for you if you want to cultivate your organisational culture, you're a great place to work and you want to attract good talent, your LinkedIn company page is the place to showcase that. And I think more and more, and we saw this in the Edelman study, there's a a thought leadership study done between LinkedIn and Edelman each year, uh, a PR agency, and they're really, there's this, and we're seeing this with how people are voting, we're seeing this with Brexit, we're seeing it just across the world that people are becoming disenfranchised with the marketing, sales and promotional messages coming through from the organisation. And what they're really looking for is true leadership and they want to understand the values of the people who lead this organization I mean we see here in Victoria a very famous football club we've seen leaders go down as a result of not having values that are consistent with the values of what society is expecting of them so I think LinkedIn if, if you're a great place to work if you're a fabulous leader if you've got good values if you want to attract good talent, then you really should be thinking about how you're navigating LinkedIn and how you navigate is really building relationships. And that's where I make the distinction between LinkedIn as a a professional networking platform versus LinkedIn Mm -hmm. as a social media platform. So the best way to describe it, Anne-Marie, for me is it's where you might, 
the world's changed, but where you might be more inclined to put your silk shirt on versus mm -hmm. your linen shirt, um, it's where you might be inclined to uh, sort of not be more conservative, but be more formal in your approach. And certainly we're seeing a change in LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's brought across a whole lot of Facebook developers and they're trying to make it a more informal platform. And that's purely because of the fundamental difference between the stats on user um, time mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So people are spending maybe 12 to 30 minutes on LinkedIn each week, and each week, whereas, each week, whereas, whereas, of how much time you're looking at those other more visually appealing social media platforms. But if you look at some of the census social media stats coming out of Australia, you can see that uh, people really have the social media platforms, more like the Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, the TikTok, maybe even now Clubhouse. They're kind of with them all the time, whereas LinkedIn is something that people check into on maybe a less regular basis. Or yes. those who don't appreciate that's power um, probably only jump on there if they're in active job search. So, and I think that's the opportunity. And that's probably been your experience that you've taken LinkedIn. You said you've taken LinkedIn more seriously. Well, I don't know, more seriously, but you've really mm -hmm. been considered. I like the words that you used around mm -hmm. the way you've approached LinkedIn. And I think that's how you can be successful. So they're kind of the, that's kind of the difference. It's a professional networking platform. It's a place mm -hmm. to stay top of mind. It's a place to learn. So let's just say you're an emerging leader or you're like, hang on, I'm not a thought leader. I'm not an employer of choice. That's okay. LinkedIn's a great place for you to learn and you can choose to have a premium account or you can go to your local library and get LinkedIn mm -hmm. learning for free. So don't feel like you've got to put your hands in your pocket for LinkedIn. Um, I really only recommend things like Sales Navigator and things like that for people who are really using it as a lead generation, getting into lots of conversations, a numbers mm -hmm. game kind of tool. Um, mm -hmm. And then the do's and don'ts, I mean, where do I start? The main one is etiquette. So I don't know how you um, navigate this. I imagine you you, you take a, a professional and business relationship building approach to this, but the dangers on LinkedIn at the moment are that there's some um, lots of third-party agencies offering to kind of take over people's LinkedIn yeah. profiles and there's third-party apps and there's bots and it's a really good way to get booted out of LinkedIn and get into LinkedIn jail. Um, yeah. And it's also just not a great approach to building relationships and doing business. So my big sort of do would be um, if you're not prepared to optimise your profile and actively spend time on LinkedIn as yourself, don't waste your time. I mean, if you want to take a transactional approach and get really high conversion and pay a third-party agency, that will probably serve you well in the short term. But I think in the longer term, um, LinkedIn is really your opportunity to build your name and build your reputation. And yes. so there are lots of ways you can do that ethically and um, by adding value to your community without paying a third-party agency to do so. Um, uh, so that's sort of one of the don'ts. Sort of one of the mm. do. One of the other don'ts is um, work out if it's sorry. One of the do's really is work out if it's for you. So I've sort of shared with you some stats on mm -hmm. you know who it's for. Um, have a think about if it's the right platform for you because even though business owners and leaders are traversing lots of social media channels uh, and LinkedIn. I think that from a mental health perspective, mm -hmm. I would suggest less is better and to mm -hmm. choose a primary platform and to go after that platform first and really get comfortable with it and to choose a platform that is where your people who you want to influence, the community who you want to influence play. And for many organisations and leaders of business, that is LinkedIn.
Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. Uh, we've got Connor and he's had to go. He said, great conversation on his second uh, comment there, but keep them separate. LinkedIn is the professional platform and building relationships and learning is core to it. From building relationship comes value. Similarly to what you were saying before, Karen, about how you would present, I would imagine that that's also very important about the content that you present. So less is more, and I'm certainly for that too. I mean, it's not about how many times you can post per day. Uh, that really is not in fact if you're looking to build thought leadership and become a trusted authority in your field you want to make sure that what you post particularly on LinkedIn is challenging the thought of your industry is giving new perspectives is giving new opportunities for learning and doing things differently and now is such a great opportunity to do that because I'm sure many industries and businesses have had to revisit and, and look at that so speak a little bit more about the type of content and and what do you think about these people that every time that they do post it's it's more of a promotional uh, you know buy my product this is who who I am because you said something and I and I want to just emphasize this too linkedin and edelman and i've gotten i didn't realize they do that every every year so i'll, I'll definitely have to sort that go and, and seek that out they mm. show such incredible um results when you take the time to become you know known as giving valuable content you get sorted out so talk about what sort of content and should we be really promotional in, in people's faces well i'd like to if you uh great question i'm loving your questions if you Think about LinkedIn being a virtual room. So it's a, mm. if we talk about the idea that, okay, I'm, I'm maybe going to think about the fact that it's not social media, I'm, I'm maybe going to embrace the fact that it's a, a place to build meaningful connections, then think about this idea that if we were in a virtual room and you walked up to me and you handed me a brochure, you handed me a promotional brochure and said, oh, hi, my name's Anne-Marie, uh, you know, this is what I do, would you like to buy from me? And you did that instantly and we didn't get the chance to have a chat about similar interests, etc. How are you going to feel about that interaction? And I think that vomiting out promotional content via your LinkedIn profile is really similar. And so I'm a content marketer. What that means is I believe in inbound, not outbound strategies. I believe in really serving the communities that you want to influence, that you want to do business with, that you want to collaborate with. It means being very, very clear about their pain points or their pleasure points and sharing value-adding content so that they can make a decision during the buyer journey, are you for them? Is this mm. helpful? Is this something that they should consider? Because especially in the um, organisational types I shared with you, the, the dollar value of that customer over their lifetime is going to take more than some tacky promotional post that you're going to shoot out via your LinkedIn profile. And the other thing to consider from that content perspective is, if I'm connected to you on LinkedIn, does that really give me permission to sell to you or should I really be encouraging my followers to go over to the company page experience where I'm going to make them a promise about the types of content that I'll share with them? But yes, it's an organisational page and so from time to time I probably have more permission than I do on the company page than I do on my LinkedIn profile to share mm -hmm. those promotional messages. And so I'm not saying don't ever promote from your LinkedIn profile. I think you do occasionally have permission to do that, but you've got to do it tastefully. For example, mm. if you had an event coming up or if you had something coming up that you're encouraging people to attend, the way you would share that via your LinkedIn profile would be incredibly different to how you might share it as more of promotional content via your company page. So it's focusing on those relationships. And I think if you are sharing value-adding content, 
the first place to start is not feel this pressure. So we've talked about thought leadership, but I don't want people to feel like, oh my goodness, I can't have success on LinkedIn unless I'm I'm running a podcast or I'm publishing blogs or I'm doing LinkedIn articles. No, actually you can do things like curate your newsfeed and you mm. can have a look at who you're following both from an individual influencer, organisational, educational institution point of view. You can choose to follow particular hashtags and you can join the conversation. And in many ways, depending on your personal brand and your goals for LinkedIn, that can be a more or as an ineffective way for you to engage meaningfully with your community. So when we talk about, well, there are heaps of posting and content options. I think when we're in the context of networking, in the context of contributing value to your network, if you clean up your newsfeed and think strategically about, well, what do I want to be known for? And you'll do that with the way you write your profile. And who are you trying to influence? So you'll do that by who you like and comment on, who you accept connection um, invitations to connect from, who you send follow-up connections to, if you can see that people have been looking at your profile, one of my favourite features, then you'll see there's lots of things you can do before you have to really move to that thought leadership step, which, mm. you know, only about two, a very small, two to three percent, very small number of LinkedIn members actually publish LinkedIn articles. There's lots of other things you can be doing. Yeah, and what I love about what you've just said there too, and this is just re-emphasising that when we're talking about thought leadership, we're really talking about the things that you are doing in your industry that is unique, it might be different, it might be that you are uh, updating a way that things should be done or could be done to better achieve a result. And, and that really just goes back to knowing who your ideal client is, the struggles that they're struggling with. And that's what I love about being on, on LinkedIn, it's the conversations, and this really beautifully adds um, to, to what you're talking about networking as well. Sometimes it's not necessarily um, adding your own articles and posts and so forth, but contributing to comments, a thought on someone else's post. And I've I've just took down even some notes the other day when I was following a conversation. I thought that is really great. How can I think about that in the perspective of my industry and take that conversation even further? There's little thoughts bubbles that when you follow them can give you incredible food for thought to the continue that conversation happening right there within the LinkedIn feed isn't it yeah absolutely and I think that um, it's it's being really strategic about that so what I say mm. to my clients is make this decision what do you want to be known for who are you trying to influence and then be strategic with where you do contribute so if I see a a female business community having a bit of a rant about a particular thing they don't like about LinkedIn, as a general rule, I would say don't engage with rants. But mm. they're talking about their dissatisfaction with the platform that I love. And so I will jump into the conversation and offer a solution. So, for example, uh, recently people were talking about the fact that they hated uh, being always put on an email list. So you're seeing this trend with people adding emojis at the start of their name on LinkedIn, which I understand could be a strategy mm. that people think is a really acceptable one. However, I just said, look, has it occurred to anyone that you can actually change your privacy settings so your connections can't see your email address so you're never going to have that problem in the first mm. place? So there was this resounding like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even realise that was an option. So it's really just tuning in at a very targeted level to the conversations that are going on. And it's it's not just your main news feed and Marie there's also this I get uh, whenever I'm training and I'll, I'll put my LinkedIn profile up and people will see sort of the back end of my profile which is messaging mm -hmm. they'll always say to me I can't believe how many conversations you're having 
in messaging. And I'm really conscious of the extroverted behavior on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. the introverted behavior on LinkedIn. So there's going to be some people who will never like or comment on anything in the newsfeed. They won't. They just will not. It is not natural to them. It is not something they are comfortable with. They will tend to, you know, to be an introvert to be like this, but they mm-hmm. will tend to send you messages Mm-hmm. And they will tend to share articles with you and, and they'll do this all of all in LinkedIn messaging. And LinkedIn messaging is fantastic now because you can add gifts, you can add attachments, you can, you can join conversations, you can label conversations, you can invite people into the conversation. If you're mm-hmm. running an event, you can now have LinkedIn chat. So I don't know if you've set up any events recently. You've probably got an incredible team of people who do it around you but if you're ever setting up a LinkedIn event now what will happen is it will automatically set up a chat so you've got this option not just in the posting of your LinkedIn Mm -hmm. event but in messaging and so LinkedIn's really acknowledging that yes you can have these deep conversations in the main you know or not deep you can have conversations in the main feed and you can also have these conversations in LinkedIn messaging so I think COVID-19 really accelerated a lot of these features and I'm not sure what their rollout plan was they tend Mm -hmm. to roll things out every three months and then in between share you know all this all this sort of marketing material on how to get the most out of the LinkedIn platform but I certainly saw this sort of rapid um, execution or implementation of all these new features and the event and the chat or the messaging feature has really evolved as well, which I'm loving. Yeah, I hadn't actually used that um, as far as the events. So we had a bit of issue linking uh, StreamYard to events. So we've just gone and kept it on the profile. But I, I love that you've shared a little bit more about company pages because I would imagine that many businesses or many individuals, if they've got company pages, are not really leveraging them as much as they could, and maybe even a combination between company and sharing things on their personal profile. How are you using that in the context? So again, networking and, and building relationships with what could be not just customers, but alliance partners, referral partners, joint ventures. What are some things that we need to know about company pages as well? Well, I've got some fair, I've got two particularly exciting things for you. So the first one is that the company page experience now shows you who the followers are to your company page. So that's relatively recent. We did have this option maybe three or four years ago and it came off. So if you're the admin of the company page and you haven't gone into your analytics recently, please do because you can go down and actually see the name of names of your new followers. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's a warm lead. If someone has followed chosen to follow my organization's company page they're interested in my content so if they're a second or third degree connection one of the first things I'll do is send them an invitation to connect and say thank you you know hi I'm Karen Hollenbeck the founding director of Think Bespoke really appreciate that you're following our company page I hope you're enjoying the insights and that example of how I send an invitation to connect yes it's to show you how to use the company page feature But it also very much shows you how I recommend you navigate the etiquette Mm. around messaging. So you're sending a personalised invitation, you're contextualising for the person why you're sending the invitation to connect and you're not being salesy. It's just a Mm. thank you. I appreciate that you do. And often, I mean, I've picked up a client from that saying, oh, yes, actually, this person referred you and I was watching your content. I want to have a chat to you about LinkedIn marketing mentoring. So that's Mm. a key one. And if you're not also using in the company page experience the, in, the option to invite 
followers or invite mm -hmm. connections, I strongly recommend you do that. So you get 100 credits every month. Once you've invited that person, whether or not they accept or not, you lose your credit. If you've got multiple team members, make sure you rotate them, putting them on as admin of the company page so they can invite their connections. Because what will often happen is the office manager or the social media coordinator is the one that sets up the company page. But what we really want in the admins are the people who are the leaders of the business that have all the connections, mm -hmm. that we can be inviting those connections to follow the company page. Two other ones, I just thought of an extra one as I was sharing that with you. Two other tips um, around the company page is that you can notify employees of updates. So you can do that mm -hmm. every 24 hours. So you used to have to do this big workaround where you'd have to put it into LinkedIn message messages and say to the team, come on, guys, we've just shared the blog on the company page. Can you all like it? And you don't have to do that anymore. And that's really important from that employee amplification thing I mentioned earlier, that people are tending to uh, like organisations more when they're actively endorsed by their team versus the more promotional messages that might come through the organisation. Mm -hmm. And then the final one, which is a bit of a game changer if you're into stories. So LinkedIn Stories has not been as successful on LinkedIn as it has been on um, other more social media mm. platforms. I think LinkedIn ultimately is a for-profit platform. It's owned by, by Microsoft, so it's always looking for ways to mm. encourage people to advertise. So do understand if you set up the company page feature, you are opening yourself up to a whole lot of emails where LinkedIn is going to try and get you to set up an ad campaign. And if you want to have anyone wants to have a chat with me about the conditions in which I recommend that suitable, love to have a chat to you, but there's so much you can do with the free features yeah. before you do the ad campaign. But with LinkedIn stories, if you post from your profile, you have to have, I think, more than 5,000 connections and have the button on follow in mm -hmm. your profile set up before you can add a link to your stories. But with the company page feature, you can add a link to your stories. Now, the stories is a feature that's only available from your phone and you can mm -hmm. access it as the LinkedIn company page admin, but that's huge. You could potentially, if you've got followers to your company page, you launch a new case study or a new blog or there's a new program that you want to let people know about through your company page, you can put a direct link into that story mm -hmm. and people can click through to your website. So, that's huge. Now, usability, I mean, I think you're right. I think people have got the company page experience and they're not even sure how to use it. Yeah. Um, if they are thinking about it, there's just more and more features coming through that, I mean, if you compare Instagram, you had to have 10,000 followers on Instagram mm -hmm. before you could add that link feature for your business. So LinkedIn's just thought, you know what, we know this is We're a really popular Yes. Where is adding it? Because the path is they ultimately eventually want you to do ads, but let's just use the free features while they're available. Yeah, brilliant. Something else that I'm often asked as, as well, or, or the topic of discussion, I should say, I, I see, is around the LinkedIn groups. What do you think about groups? How could we leverage that again to build our networks? Well, I think groups have fallen over in, you know, as Facebook groups have got better and better and better and better. And that kills me to say that because I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. I think the LinkedIn group experience has deteriorated. And, you know, we, there's LinkedIn commenta commentators globally that keep saying, oh, no, I've, I've been on a, a special project and, and the LinkedIn group experience is going to improve. It's about to improve everyone. It's going to improve. It doesn't, it hasn't really improved. And I think the problem started maybe 
three to five years ago when there was a group of LinkedIn trainers, I don't know, no one in particular, everyone in general, not me, who was saying to people, oh, you've really got to leverage LinkedIn groups and as a consultant, make sure you drop, it, drop in your blog or you drop in your, your article or you drop in something. And so groups kind of got taken over by this promotional content and everyone became a bit disenfranchised by them. Now, there are exceptions. There are absolute exceptions and maybe people tuning in today have got a great group that they're in that they highly recommend. Great. Put it in the comments. Tell us all about it. Um, but in my experience, the Facebook group experience is far superior and LinkedIn has a long way to go. Mm. It's good to know. I because, can tell you, you how know, I... Yeah. I can just hear a bit of feedback there, but I don't know if it's my voice or what it is. Um, the way I tend to use it is for clients. So if I've set up a, if I have, I have a Think Bespoke VIP forum, so it's a closed private group. Well, yes, it's a closed group. Um, and I tend to share content before I'll share it publicly into that group as a value add for people who have engaged my services. So from the point of view of a moderator of a group, I think you've got to take it really seriously and think about how am I going to add value? And I really like it because it means people have, who have engaged with my services or who know me are getting up-to-date information in that group versus me just posting it to the newsfeed. So I think you can strategically use the group feature. It's a way to bring community together um, I think there's certainly ways you can do that, but I think from a user perspective, I don't think it's great. I think from a moderator perspective, if you're trying to connect people online, definitely look at the group experience, but map out strategically how you are going to add genuine value to your community to get them to start conversations because it tends to need a lot of work. And that's fine if it serves your goals well and you're building community. So I've got some legal recruiters in my network who have yeah. used it strategically to attract lawyers so they can say to other, to their clients, oh, look, I've got a community of 5,000 lawyers here in Australia that I can use as a database when I want to um you know, look, you know, find a candidate. Now, that's great for the recruiter when he's having the conversation with the client, but I'm not sure how well that's serving the people within yes. the groups. Yeah, makes, makes total sense. You've given such value, but we've also I want to really tap into the area of maximising LinkedIn with daily rituals. I don't know if you want to give kind of a, these are some of the key things that we want to be doing on a daily basis to really leverage and build that network on LinkedIn. Absolutely. So it's Gretchen Rubin that writes about rituals and she says it's uh, unhappiness and she says it's what you do every day that matters more than what you do once in a while. So while there might be more visually appealing uh, platforms, I recommend the first thing you do in your daily ritual is to have LinkedIn on your phone and to make sure that it's the prime, if you've decided it's your primary platform, pull it out and isolate it as an icon on your um, front page of your phone and move all the social media icons onto the next page so they're harder to get to. So the first thing I would do is check my notifications. So I would have a look at uh, who's engaged with my content, who's commented on my content, whether there's any mentions. So the first thing is what conversations can I start? Mm -hmm. And coming back to professional networking and building relationships. The second, things I would look, the second thing I would look at are invitations to connect. So I um, feel like uh, that someone handing you a business card, if it's a personalised message, I will always take the time to read it, respond and send a follow-up message. If it's an impersonal, so if it's just a, someone I want to, you know, I want to include you in my network and they haven't bothered to personalise, 
I would still accept it, but it wouldn't be my priority. So I tend to get a lot of invitations to connect because, and anyone tuning in today, if we're not connected, please do send me an invitation to connect. I'm sure in the in the notes that you share later, and Marie, you'll mention my name mm -hmm. so people can find my profile. Um, yeah, and so then I would have a follow-up ritual around those accepting invitations to connect. So I would have a look at the person and I have a criteria for depending on the conversations I want to get into on LinkedIn and I would have a follow-up ritual which is thank you for the recent invitation to connect. It might say how can I help. It might say you might also like to sign up to my email newsletter and what I write completely depends on who the person is. I would have a look at if they've got any mutual connections. So you can see in those first two instances, it's about starting conversations. It's about professional networking. And then the third thing I do, which is hands down my favourite thing, is who's looked at my profile. And this is a really interesting one, right? Because so many, one of the highest performing LinkedIn articles that I've written that it's got over 220,000 views. I wow. think I wrote it. I know, right? I wrote it in 2017. <laughs> And it is basically, I don't think I've pinned it to my, you can click on articles and go down and it will take you a while. So this is my profile if we're not connected. Yes, it, here we go. If you're, this the, if you're listening to the podcast, you're not going to be able to see it, but we know that it, this link will be in the show notes. So this um, shows you my LinkedIn profile. But the, I do have a really good look at who's viewed my profile. So if they're mm. a first degree connection, I'll probably start a conversation with them again and say, I see you looking at my profile. And this is where messaging's fun, right? Because you're yes. just sort of, you, you're just reaching out to someone online and having a chat. Um, if they're a second or third degree connection, I'll have a look at where they're based, what their role is, what industry they're in, and I'll send them an invitation to connect. And that's a really interesting one because I don't get a really high hit rate of people accepting because I feel like when they read that invitation to connect from me, their reaction is going to be, oh, she saw me looking at her profile. They it's like I saw you realize. looking. <laughs> I can say that to my first degree connections because generally I've trained them. So they know yeah. that, yes, Karen, I'm just recommending. And sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, actually, I've just flipped your profile to a colleague I'm recommending you. And that's lovely. So that's your opportunity yes. to say, oh, thank you so much. So we're having a look at my profile here. For those of you that have joined us live and can see, um, the company page experience is that one on the left there. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully yeah. where you work currently or where you've worked previously have a company page listed. And the benefit of doing that is that you don't have to spend mm -hmm. time in your profile talking about um, that particular organisation. Do you mind scrolling back up a bit? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, good. Just, we're going yeah. to the company Actually, page. should we go to your company page? We, we might yeah, as great. Well. So this yeah. is this is the company page. Anne Marie's not following. Now she is, but she's clicked on follow. So this is where um, you've got the opportunity to really brand your organisation, and you can see the way I've used the banner is I talk about the key mm. three the three key things that we do. I also have a showcase page, which you can see to the right hand side there. And Marie, mm -hmm. and you know, he said, "Oh, I didn't know you're in the career space." It's it's mm -hmm. how we started, but it's not what I spend a lot of time talking about. So you can see here, I've custom. There's lots of customization, free customization tools for. Oh, that's interesting. I can see pages people also viewed. How this is sort of how LinkedIn views my page, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So you can see I've got the event feature there, our upcoming events. So if you're tuning in live, we have our lunch and learn this Thursday. Um, video, you can see LinkedIn uh, prominently shows your videos. And I think that was that was 
in the middle of COVID, Anne-Marie, and I hadn't quite got to the hairdresser, so I may have revealed that (laughs) I have some glitter wisdom popping through occasionally. (laughs) Um, You can see the page post. So what's important here is that post on the left-hand side is actually a pinned post. So Mm -hmm. strategically, you've got to ask yourself, when people come to my page, my company page, what do I want them to do when they come here? So I want people to sign up to my email newsletter. And then on the right-hand side is an example of content that I share regularly, which is curated content. And if anyone's tuning in that's wondering, well, what do I post from my company page? Yes, I said you could promote, you could post promotional messages, but do you remember right at the start that I said it's about 10 or 15% of the time? So mm. for people to follow your company page, you have to develop a company page follower strategy. And what I mean by that is say, well, what can people expect from following our page? So I say to people, you know, you might like to follow my company page for LinkedIn news and insights to assist your professional journey, which Mm -hmm. sounds like it just rolled off my tongue. However, that took me a long time to consider because I really Mm -hmm. had to think about the different communities we serve and then the posting plan that we put against our company page is based on that promise. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. And really go and um, have a look, follow her page, your page, Karen, so that you can see what you do because, uh, and that's why I asked the question, I I really haven't um, looked that much into the the company page, but I can see there's real value in that, particularly a combination, but with everything, and you've said this beautifully, it has to have a strategy and you have to you know, be intentional in that. So I'm back on your profile now, your personal profile, and you said you were going to uh, do some instructions here. So did you want to yeah, show them so, one other thing? Yeah, some key things here are to have a uh, really use that background image to brand yourself. Now, I see different um, people within my community who have regular programs use this banner behind them, especially if they're entrepreneurs, as more of a sales banner. I don't. It's uh, just, it's not how I like to turn up on LinkedIn. Uh, but, you know, if you have particular campaigns or online courses that you're running that you think are particularly important to highlight, you could use the background image to do that. So you can see in the... Uh, top right section, the company page is listed correctly. So you've got that lovely branding. And then I've also got uh, where I studied, which is important. And you can have a look at the providing services. Now, those people tuning in, you can click on the open to option at the top of your profile. If you scroll back up there, can you just go to that mm-hmm. providing services? No, back up. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that option is, yeah, see so this providing services, that option is not readily available to everyone. But if you can see on your LinkedIn profile when you're editing it that you have that option, try to set it up if you're a consultant or entrepreneur or run a business because that's a great way for you to get extra get found within your areas of of expertise if you're an active job search you'd click the open to work and if you're hiring you'd click the i'm we're currently hiring and it will give a different swoosh around your name so if you want to scroll down this featured section is coming up so we've got the um the highlights so that's uh just seeing the activity that's going on the about section you've got um, 2,000 characters that are sort of right with. And see how you've got to click on the see more after the about section. So what you write in that first couple of lines is critical because it's going to define whether or not people uh, keep reading. And then the featured section is new-ish. It's been around for maybe up to 12 months now, but it's 
What used to happen, Amory, is you'd post a LinkedIn article and it would automatically be associated and attached with your profile. Now what LinkedIn's doing in the featured section is letting you highlight external links. So that's a link to my podcast, uh, mm-hmm. links to your prominent, say, blogs or your website, PDF documents. If you've got beautiful, let's say you're a speaker and you had a beautiful speaker buyer, this would absolutely be the place that you'd put it. Um, And then also you can link to popular posts or LinkedIn articles. Now, importantly, if there's anyone tuning in who's in active job search, please do not put a PDF document of your resume here. LinkedIn says to you it's like a digital resume and that you can export um, your LinkedIn profile and turn it into a resume. That's not how you should use LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. I can have a much bigger conversation another time about that. But really this is the key information that you want people to know about you. And Anne-Marie, you asked me at the start, in what way is LinkedIn similar? And if anyone here is familiar with Instagram, you've got this concept of highlights, right? So Mm -hmm. on your Instagram profile, you can have highlights. I like to see the featured section like that. If you're also familiar with the idea of binge watching, which I think a lot of us are after COVID and Netflix, for example, Think about your featured section as the opportunity for people to binge watch you. So let's just say Anne-Marie's been recommended to me. I don't know her. I want to find out more about her. I type in her name. She's got a beautifully optimised profile, which means she's just filled in all the key areas of her profile. I land on her profile. Let's say she's a keynote speaker and panel expert. I'm making that up. I know you've got lots of amazing superpowers. One of the critical things that Anne-Marie would need to be including here are links to YouTube videos where I can actually see her speaking. Maybe she's done a TED talk. So this Mm -hmm. is where you would put that information so I can actually consume you. And the reason why I created my podcast, it's a, it's a, I call it a quickie. It's a, they're Mm -hmm. five minutes or so. So you can't take me on your walk. Um, but you can smash through quite a lot of episodes in in one go, is so people can hear my voice. People, because whenever I do a podcast episode like this, I get some lovely conversations. People reach out to me on LinkedIn. So I've got my most prominent featured content there because I know Mm. that's how people like to get a sense of who I am. And this is what we also talked about, Anne-Marie, this idea of uh, really understanding what LinkedIn is. It's a place mm-hmm. where people are going to check you out and decide if they're yes. going to employ you or do business with you. So give them the information that you want and control what people can see to help them on the buyer journey. Because if you, if I really view this baby as my 24 hours a day, seven days a week online ambassador. My profile yes. is working for me while I'm asleep. Yeah, and I think LinkedIn, and correct me if I'm wrong, but LinkedIn is a far different platform in that people will often be either they're wanting to find really great information or they're looking for someone to support them. And if you're providing quality content consistently and really positioning yourself as that trusted authority, you don't have to constantly remind people to connect with you. And if they're interested, often it'll happen. They'll contact you, won't they, in in Messenger? Yeah. Yeah, and that's absolutely what an inbound marketing strategy is, what content marketing is. So it's saying if you position yourself in your area of subject matter expertise, if you consistently share value-adding content, so less Mm. is better, not, you know, vomiting out content all the time, then you will become the go-to in your industry. And this is our goal. And unfortunately, some people don't subscribe to the slower dance. Some people um, want to climb Mount Everest in, you know, three hours. That's just not... I find in my experience how you're going to attract 
uh, good employers and good uh, clients, you know, yeah. employees, you know, people, good quality clients and employees will uh, research, they're considered, they're all the mm-hmm. things that you described at the start, Anne-Marie, around how you sort of approach LinkedIn. And so there's no silver bullet. Mm-hmm. There's no quick way to get success on LinkedIn. However, there's lots of opportunities to start great conversations, to learn, to stay connected with people across the world, to raise your profile, to engage in interesting conversations with others. And it's not the black hole that other more social media platforms are. So I find that the equivalent amount of time, the time I spend on LinkedIn is always serving me well and yes I am very strategic and I took you through what some of my rituals were uh, but that's the point it's a tool for Mm -hmm. your business for your career it's not something that should be pulling you away from your family or your friends or your fur babies or your sport or all the things you could be doing away from a screen which are important right yeah and you know if we think about what's happening now many more people are online networking you wouldn't go or I hope you wouldn't go not if you listen to this podcast anyway because business and heels you know really nurtures their community you wouldn't go to an in-person event run around the room as you said throw your business card on the table shove them in people's hands and go bye and off they go you spend time cultivating asking questions how can I support you and as you're sewing into your communities just like you would sewing into your online communities the rewards that you reap are far greater in fact I would say the relationships that I have built have opened up to joint ventures to come and speak to our community of 40,000, 50,000, 100,000. Those are the kind of conversations that open up to you when you take your time to do exactly what you said today. And then you'll get to a point where people will actually start reaching out to you. You know, there's that tipping point because you've taken the time and it's there. As you said, it's beautiful. It's this um, assistant that works for you 24-7, 365 days a year. So you pop in every morning. I'm sure you do, Karen, and you're responding to the messages, to the to the content, you know, to the communications that's coming through. So fantastic. Look, we have taken up more of your time than, than we hope to, but I know that we've just scratched the surface. Now it's just a matter of really looking at, well, how can I implement this in, in my business? And that's something that you can support people with. So before we go, I mean, you've got that, uh, your link there, but for people who are not uh, watching, think bespoke.com.au what other ways would you like them to connect with you well you're welcome to connect with me on linkedin uh, so do reach out karen hollenbach and uh, i am also on instagram so if you haven't ventured across to linkedin yet and you're still a bit tentative well you can find me on instagram at think bespoke uh, and yes i have quite a unique surname so i'm very very easy to find Yes, not many Karen Hollenbachs hanging out on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. I know that um, many people have probably taken pages of notes. And as you say, I mean, don't try and do everything at once, but Mm. focus on Mm. what is really important. Build that up because it will pay off in dividends for sure. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. I really enjoyed it.